Hey everyone, Mario Barecki here, and I am known as the Conversation Guy. I'm also the founder of MediaMar, and at MediaMar, we help thought leaders craft and distribute conversations that convert. I believe everything starts with a conversation. I believe conversations are the most powerful way to create connections, to create relationships, and to create opportunities with each other. So everything has a basis in conversation. And on this podcast that you're about to listen to, I'm going to have 10-minute conversations with thought leaders to do just that, create relationships, create opportunity, but more importantly, to convey value, value from them and their perspective and how they operate on a daily basis, and to really tell a story that can bring some value and positivity tips, tricks, ideas, what have you, to your life to make it better. So sit back, relax, buckle in. It's going to be a wild ride. I know those things don't quite go together. Sit back, relax, and buckle in. But it's going to be a lot of fun, and we're going to get the conversation started right now. And as always, don't forget, if you like what you hear, please rate and review our podcast. I am super excited to be joined today on the show by Lacey Bentley. She is a woman's recovery coach, international bestselling author, and mom of four adolescent sons. She has been married for 22 years and combated her own love addiction. She now mentors other women into a recovered life. You can actually join her Facebook group, which I highly recommend, which is facebook.com slash groups slash distracted woman group. That's what it's called. Go there, check it out, and also grab a copy of her book, Addicted to Love, available wherever books are sold. Lacey, welcome to the show. Hey, Mario. Good to be here. Thanks for having me. Yeah, it's great to have you. And, you know, I'm super interested because, you know, you talk about when we've talked in the past, you've talked about attachment disorder. And to me, that's very interesting. Can you, let's start off first by, can you define what attachment disorder is? Oh, you're making it, you're making it intense right off the bat. Yeah, okay. let's dive right in. Let's do. Okay, so attachment disorder, really, it's a little bit more common, I think, than we give credit for. And it's this inability to attach, to bond, whether it's in romantic relationships or other relationships. So what does that look like? I mean, you get into a relationship, right? Because pretty much everyone, you know, you want to have relationships with other people, you want to interact for the most part. So you get into this relationship. And if you have attachment disorder, you're just you like show up and everything seems normal, but you're just not emotionally there. Is that what it? Yeah, well, what have it's more the person who's dealing with the attachment disorder that's living in chaos, because as soon as the liberance, as soon as the the hormones and chemicals kind of die down, um, as soon as the limerence wears off, where everything is new and exciting um, in romantic relationships, then we're like, oh, done, <laughs> moving on. And it happens in friendships or even business partnerships too, where it's like, okay, this is fun and exciting. And you feel like you get bored easily in relationships when really what it comes down to is you just don't know how to bond and attach and have long lasting relationships. Okay, so at first everything seems normal. It's exciting, it's fun, and that kind of picks up the slack so you can actually you know, be there, be present, and be excited about it. Then when real life comes along and the honeymoon's over, you're like, I need that rush again. Yeah, and you're like, what the crap did I just do? <laughs> oh, dang. <laughs> you wake up and you're like, I don't know where I am. I don't know what my name is. And who's this dude? <laughs> yeah. That's scary. So yeah. a lot of do a lot of do you find this with a lot of people where they, you know, they may have this, but they may attribute it to something else because it's they've not had the label to give it or understand it. Yeah, we call it love addiction or we call it playing the field or we call it 
what are those terms where like she's got a different boyfriend every night or he's a gigolo, right? Like we're balancing all these romantic and sexually sexual relationships that are intimate really fast. And then that intensity dies down and moving on. What's what about the opposite of that? Where like, you know, you can't attach to like, you know, there at least you're in the exciting phase. But what about if like you get attached and you're super attached and you stay attached? What's that? What's the is that part of it, too? Or is that just a completely other thing? That's probably codependent. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, that's That's also not healthy. Right. We've got to be able to let go when something ends for one of us. Right. And if we absolutely can't, that's a whole nother follow wax I deal with. So relationships, you, you want to be centered, not to one extreme or the other. And the other thing is how this kind of applies what we were talking about before we hopped on is, you know, you can be this way in your personal life and still think you're crushing it in business or in other areas, but one bleeds into the other in some way, shape or form. Yeah, it does. Because if you're distracted by this obsessive limerence, like in limerence, when we first meet someone and we're really attracted to them, we think about them all the time and it makes us happy and it can make us more productive at work or it can make us really distracted. And the longer the distraction goes on, the longer the obsession goes on, the harder it gets to focus at work or cleaning the house. And it almost can start to look like a depression where like we don't want to do anything but think about and talk to this person. That's that can be a problem. But, yeah, but it's normal, it right? At first it's normal. It's a normal beginning to a relationship, but it's gotta fade into normal life at some point. It's normal if we can still do what we need to do in our day to day at work, at home, with our kids, with our new puppies, whatever it is. If we can still take care of life and if we're okay being by ourselves, we don't constantly need to be in contact with this person. That's actually not normal. We need some space to grow, to miss each other. It, it, but it's so exciting at the beginning. You have all so those exciting. hormones, you have all these things, so it's fun. But let me ask you this. You you know, you know, experience this yourself in your own life, and this is how you've come to recognize it and to be able to help other people with it. Can you tell us your story really quickly about how you you know learned about this and discovered it within yourself and then were able to you know battle it so that you could help, use it to help other people? Yeah, actually, when I first realized something was really off was when I totally fell head over heels for my therapist, had a male therapist, fantastic man, wonderful guy, tenderhearted, compassionate, and he empathized with me all the time. And I didn't know what to do with that. I started to actually attach to him to trust him, which is the purpose of the therapeutic alliance, right? But I didn't know what to do with it because of my attachment traumas historically growing up in very muddled home, father and alcoholic left when I was very young, got a new family. That's what it felt like to me. And that trauma carried over. So now I've got this man who is not a lot older than me, like 10 years, I think, not a ton, but old enough that he started to fill that hole of father for me. And I didn't know what to do with it because of my attachment traumas. And so I fell for him. And it got very messy for me. I got to where I couldn't even be in the same room with him because I could not function. I couldn't make a sentence because I was so distraught over these feelings and needing to still trust this guy and work with him. And that's when I actually entered recovery for love addiction, got a female therapist 
whom oddly enough I also developed a crush for, never been attracted to a woman before. She said to me, Lisa, you don't wake up one day, 34 years old, suddenly attracted to women. That's not what this is. I was like, oh, okay. <laughs> so I'm not bi. She's like, no, you're very heterosexual and you're attaching. You're learning how to love and be loved. And that's scary. And you don't know what to do with it yet. Don't sweat it. We'll work it out. And we did. What are the steps that you say, if you just give us the 30,000 foot view, what are the steps someone takes to begin to, the process of working that out? Um, a really great therapist. Also reading books and other things. I have groups I run for women. I'm not a therapist. I'm a woman who's lived it. I found that 12 steps is not enough. And I'm going to start hitting that really hard. Women in recovery need more than just the 12 steps. We need empowerment. We need community that is different than what 12 steps provides. So finding that community for ourselves, which I'm starting over at the distracted, uh, distracted woman groups, um, and relating with other women who have been there and really just hanging in there and going, okay, I'm not crazy. I've got some stuff going on. I need to work through and I'm capable of having a healthy relationship. It's just going to take me some work to get there. I had to make very conscious decisions on my relationships where kids who grow up in stable home environments, they learn this stuff at three and four. Don't ever have to think about it again. Is attachment disorder, is it more common in women, men, or both? Um, I honestly don't know. I would have to say women from my purview, but that's all I work with as women. Um, I, but I think it's certainly possible for men and women. I don't, I don't know. And as you said, it's something that develops typically from a young age, from experiences as you grow up. Yeah, those attachment traumas, things like a parent leaving, a parent dying, um, a parent being severely addicted to something so they're not present, whether it's alcohol or whether it's pornography or whatever it is. Now, can you say when you, you know, when you discover this and you work on it, is there a point where you can say, I don't, I no longer have this disorder, or is it something that you constantly have to work on day in and day out to overcome? I'm going to go somewhere in the middle and say, I'm very conscious that I still have tendencies toward the unhealthy dynamic of needing too much in a relationship and of craving intensity and mistaking it for love. That's something I, as of right now, would say, I probably will always need to be conscious of that. And at the same time, I am very connected and attached to my husband and my children and friends and close people in my life. So the healing is possible. And from my perspective right now, 10 years into this recovery, it's still something that I would say once or twice a week, maybe it comes up if that, but it's not every day, all day, like it used to be. Very interesting stuff, Lacey. I can't wait to pick this conversation up on the next episode and dive further into this. I want to remind people to grab a copy of your book, Addicted to Love, wherever books are sold, and to join your Facebook group, which is facebook.com slash groups slash distracted woman group. Join that. Get in touch with her. And uh, thank you so much for being here. And I can't wait to pick up the conversation in the next episode. Yep. See you soon. 
Hey everyone, I want to sincerely thank you for listening to the podcast. It really means a lot to me. Conversations are what I thrive on. It's something that I believe is so important for each and every one of us to have conversations that matter, to have conversations that connect us, to create relationships with each other. So the conversation that I have with the guests that are on the show, the conversations that the guests and I create to have with you are equally important and a great way for you to have conversations with us is to rate and review the podcast. So if you could go to Apple Podcasts, go to wherever you listen to your podcasts and rate and review this, it is much appreciated. And you can always find us at MediaMario.com. If you go to MediaMario.com, you can find all the things there. If you want to connect with the guests that I had on today or guests that I've had on the show in the past, you can go to MediaMario.com and get their information. If you want to connect with me and have a conversation with me, I welcome that. All my social links everywhere that you can find me all over the web is at MediaMario.com. So go there, visit us, connect with us. I'd love to have conversations with you. I hope you found value in today's show, and I can't wait to bring you the next conversation on the next episode of The Conversation Guy. Until then, have a wonderful day, and we'll talk to you real soon. 